Good morning. Welcome to worship at First Presbyterian Church of Columbus, Georgia. We're glad that you're here to join us as we worship God by offering our prayers and singing songs and listening to scripture. Please come in with us that we may worship God together. Our first lesson today comes from Exodus 24 and 12, beginning at 12. Listen now to the Word of God. And the Lord said to Moses, Come up to me on the mountain and wait there, and I will give you the tablets of stone and the law and the commandment which I have written for their instruction. And so Moses set out with his assistant Joshua and Moses went up into the mountain of God. And to the elders he had said, Wait here for us until we come to you again, for Aaron and Hur are with you. Whoever has a dispute may go to them. Then Moses went up on the mountain, and the cloud covered the mountain. And the glory of the Lord settled on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it for six days. And on the seventh day he called to Moses out of the cloud and now the appearance of the glory of the Lord was like a devouring fire on the top of the mountain in the sight of the people of Israel. Moses entered the cloud and went up on the mountain. And Moses was on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The second lesson this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew. It is about God's light that is known as the transfiguration. So let us listen that we may share and hear God's Word. Jesus took with him Peter and James and his brother John, and they went up on a high mountain by themselves. And there Jesus was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became dazzling white. And suddenly there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, suddenly a bright cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud a voice said, This is my son, the beloved, with whom I am pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell to the ground and were overcome by fear. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Get up, do not be afraid. And when they looked up, they saw that no one except Jesus himself alone was there. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus ordered them, Tell no one about the vision until after the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. This is the word of the Lord. In 1748, some 200 and almost 70 years ago, a group of Scottish immigrants living in the upper Cape Fear region of North Carolina, if you want to think about the area of modern-day Fayetteville and Fort Bragg, if you know that area, that's where they were, some 75 people um, signed a petition to the church in Scotland. They were from Argyll the, on the western coast of Scotland, and they were sending word back to their 
family and friends and church leaders there asking that the church in Scotland send them a pastor. It was a petition that listed several situations and circumstances. Today, when a church is in a place of looking for a new pastor, they fill out a ministry information form. And as your church has a pastor nominating committee who is doing that work right now, I thought it would be kind of interesting to hear how they phrased that in the middle part of the 18th century and how we might think about it in the early part of the 21st. The petition from the Scots in North Carolina began to the revered members of the Synod of Gargyle, we the subscribing inhabitants of the northwest branch of the Cape Fear River Basin in Bladen County in the province of North Carolina having taken to ourselves serious consideration our deplorable and desolate slate, state and condition for want of gospel ordinances for some time. Now every form that is created today has, begins with some sort of statement about the community and the condition therein. I've never read one that was exactly like this. The ones that are available, and actually you can go online and look, look at them at peaceusa.org, um, include statements such as this, our vision is to be a light to the community. Our mission rests solidly on Jesus' command that we love our God, share His story, and love one another. We are a praying church. Each one of these is from a different segment, not, not, not one. We, we are a praying church. Our mission is to glorify God as we seek inspiration through worship, study, and fellowship, and to extend Christ's love in our community and beyond. And maybe my favorite one that I saw this week as I read this was a church that says, we love to eat. Tell us there is food and our people will show up. None of them, though, have that kind of language about being in a deplorable and desolate state and condition. But to pick up where our Scottish brothers and sisters left off, we would gladly promote to the utmost of our powers and abilities if we should be so happy as to obtain a minister authorized according to the rules and discipline of the Kirk of Scotland, the Church of Scotland, whose sons and daughters, I would add, editorially, we still profess ourselves to be, notwithstanding our great distance from our native country. Those folks understood that they were connected over time and distance and geography, getting from, uh, getting from the province of North Carolina. This was before there was a nation of the United States. Getting from the British province of North Carolina to Scotland was not an easy feat that required traversing rivers and sailing over oceans and traveling on all sorts of difficult roads. So it wasn't a quick fix. But they knew that despite the distance of that day and that time, they were connected to their brothers and sisters in faith through faith and that they could send a message, and they did. We are hopeful, they, con they continued, you will take our deplorable state into your consideration and send us a minister who will be zealous in the discharge of his duty, a man 
and it was in the day when there were only men who were clergy, of solid piety and learning, who can preach in our native language, whose doctrine, life, and conversation keep a pace together, and who is not too free on the one hand, nor too reserved on the other. Yeah, that's a great one. Something akin to walking on water. The pastor is to be highly skilled in negotiating all of the different demands that interact people in a positive way, to be able to meet the needs of all the different people of the church and the region. That's still pretty standard. There's one particular circumstance, though, that they lift up. In our native language, the first language of these people was not English, but it was Gaelic, and they wanted to have a pastor who could preach to them in Gaelic. And in fact, in many of the churches that date back historically in in that region of North Carolina, there were Gaelic services well into the 1800s and maybe even close to 1900. They conclude, we can with confidence assure you that he will meet with all kind offices and services that be in our power. And for his further encouragement, we agree to pay 10 pounds sterling for his passage on his arrival here and to pay the yearly sum of 70 pounds sterling for the space of three years and longer as we and he are agreeable to each other. There was an economic relationship. They would pay the moving cost, as it were, and they would then provide a salary. There is also a conversation to say that we understand relationships change over time, and so when it is agreeable, we will conclude our time together. I wish I could tell you that it was a quick process for this group of folk, but it took time, and it did not resolve itself by the Scottish church sending someone over immediately. The first pastor who came did not come from Scotland, but he came from Pennsylvania, and he did not speak Gaelic. Others, though, did come over time, and from those early gatherings, a number of churches were established, and a number of them even continue to this day, places where the mission and the ministry of Jesus Christ continues to be lifted up and proclaimed. When we look back, we can get a sense of where we have been and begin to think about where we are and also a view to where we are going. When we look back, we can think that there are ways in which we have gone to a mountaintop and seen what is before us. Looking back is one way of doing that. Going to a mountaintop is a metaphor of a spiritual experience that is so common in our day and time. The Scots seeking a pastor had come from the mountainous, from a mountainous or at least a very hilly region of Scotland, the Highlands, and they had gone to eastern North Carolina. Now, if you know anything about eastern North Carolina, if you've ever been to Fayetteville, North Carolina, or um, to Fort Bragg, you know that it ain't hilly. It's very low. Sand hills, yes, I'll give you that. Golfers will appreciate that. But it's not, the, the, ter- the terrain is, is, is very different than it is in Scotland. So how could, why would people move from, from that area of the world to this other area of the world? The historical answer is that there, was a, there were a lot of changes going on in the world 
particularly in Scotland, land ownership patterns were changing, laws were changing. There was an intellectual and technological and industrial revolution that was moving people off of the land and into new places. There were political conflicts that were uh, happening as this, a number of Scots led a rebellion against the English crown in the middle 1740s. It was a tough time. But I think there was something else at work as well. Those people who left found a new place where they could call their own. They had to confront fears. They had to confront uncertainty. They had to confront their own anxiety. But they also were moving to a place where they could claim and make their new home. Both of the stories in the Scripture today, the children of Israel in exile receiving the Ten Commandments and Jesus on the Mount with the Transfiguration, those are stories about people who are confronting anxieties and confronting uncertainty and living in difficulty and times. The disciples, as they accompanied Jesus, were struck with fear. Did you hear that in the reading of that? A cloud appears and, and the disciples go from a, a a time of being ecstatic about where they are to hitting the ground in fear for what they are in the presence of. They, they understand they are in the presence of something holy and they don't know how to respond and so they go down to the ground. Oftentimes we hear and we speak about the need in circumstances when we are under pressure, we either fight or we flee, the fight or flight uh, response. But there is also um, another response, and that is the freeze response. And sometimes when we find ourselves in challenging difficulties, instead of doing anything, we simply hit the ground like Peter and James and John did. And it is a difficult place. Yet they were on the mountaintop. They were with Jesus. They were with a, at, a, at a time of, of huge um, as the story goes, would have been in the time of elation, but they didn't know how to proceed or what to do. But when they hit the ground, there was a voice, and it said, listen to this one who's with you. Listen to him, for he is my beloved. A number of years ago, I went on a retreat experience that for me was a mountaintop kind of place, I felt God's grace there. There were maybe a hundred people, but there really weren't that many pastors who were there. This was mostly church folk who were there. And it was where I felt grace. Do you know where that mountaintop experience was? It wasn't on a mountaintop. It was in that swamp where those Scottish ancestors of ours gathered 260-plus years ago. A mountaintop experience in a swamp. Actually, the location really doesn't matter. What matters is being open to God's presence with us, among us, and around us. There are so many times in our lives when we have reason to be afraid, where we don't know what is going to happen. We find challenging opportunities, and we want to hit the ground and just cover our heads and freeze. And in those moments, the words of Jesus on that mountain come back to us. 
no matter where we are, do not be afraid. Get up. Get up and do not be afraid. And when we do, we look, we look up and we can see Jesus with us and we can proceed down the mountain and into the task that we have at hand. Thanks be to God for grace and goodness. It's been a privilege to join you this day in worship. We're glad that you were here. First Presbyterian Church seeks to serve and minister in the name of Jesus Christ. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord be kind and gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor. Go in peace as you love and serve God.